Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast, a high vibe space where we talk about all things spirituality, manifestation, raising our vibrations and walking away from the manifestation block that is alcohol. Whether you're newly sober, sober curious or you've been sober for a long time, this is the place for you if you want to learn more about spirituality, manifestation and how letting go of alcohol can make you so much more powerful at manifesting. It's time to stop drinking, start living, raise our vibrations and step into our manifestation power. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast with your host Anna Carice, myself. And in today's episode, I am interviewing Stephanie Chivers. Now, Stephanie has 16 years personal and professional experience of teaching and coaching people how to change their relationship with alcohol. Her website is www.womenwhodontdrink.com. And I must say, when I did Stephanie's uh, alcohol assessment training uh, a few months ago, I was just absolutely bowled over with her, her knowledge, her expertise, her passion um, and her enthusiasm for the the incredible work that she does in this field. So I'm so honoured to have her on the podcast here today. Um, before we get going, just in my news, just a reminder that I am now offering group coaching um, and I'm, it's a group coaching membership. So the idea of it is that it's a price that people can afford to do super long term because we all know that when we want to bring in behaviour change into our lives, um, it's all well and good uh, investing lots of money um, at the start and we, we can... Um, we can start off really well and have all the best intentions, but it's about keeping that momentum going. It's about keeping that accountability going. It's about keeping those support systems in place. So that is why I set up this group coaching. So in this group coaching membership, you get two group coaching Zoom calls a month. There's also a meditation group uh, Zoom call a month, which is also recorded if you can't make it. Um, there's a Facebook group and there's weekly um, accountability email check-ins. So you get all of this for £35 a month. Uh, so if this is something that you feel could really support you on your sober journey, then please do get in contact with me. Send me an email to thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk. Annika is spelled A-N-N-E-K-A. Um, or you can DM me um, on Instagram. Um, my handle is at coachingbyannika. Or you can send me um, a, a notification through my website form. My website is www.coachingbyannika.co.uk. Dot co dot uk. I would absolutely love to have you in the group and you know more than just everything that I've just said as well it's also the community and the kind of family that we build through group coaching and when we share with our group you know you do bond you do get uh, kind of close to the people in the group and feel so supported and, and uh, loved upon on your journey so um, I'd love to hear from you come join the team. Um, so now that I've got my news out of the way, without further ado, let's crack on with this week's episode. Hello, Stephanie, how are you today? I am good, thank you. Hello. 
It's so lovely to have you on the podcast. Thank you for coming on. Um, so I'm going to get started by asking you, what are your top five favourite things about being sober? Oh my gosh, I love these questions. I love coming and <laughs> doing these podcast interviews. They're brilliant. They really make me think. <laughs> top five things for being alcohol-free. Yeah. Clarity. Yeah. I mean, it's just insane the mm. amount of clarity that I have had since the moment I stopped drinking really 16 years ago it is off the scale yeah knowing my own mind being able to make decisions that feel good when stuff is weird being able to figure out that's weird <laughs> I don't need to get involved in that it's just yeah so clarity um a hundred percent and sleep quality of sleep um uh not being a twat um <laughs> I like I like being happy with me I yeah. like not having to second guess or giving myself a hard time or because of the way I behaved whilst under the influence so so my drinking um was although I drank a lot mm the impact of my drinking for me at the time was my behavior yeah so I wasn't one of these people I didn't put weight on it didn't impact on how I looked it mm. didn't I didn't care about my sleep I didn't care about hangovers the impact for me was my behavior so the the benefit of not drinking for me is that I I just get to be me and I get to be you know a person that isn't a twat yeah you know, <laughs> without without the risk it, the risk of being cheesy and coachy it's like the best version of me that's not yeah. quite the right words for me but um everybody gets what I mean so yeah. clarity sleep not being a twat um oh and sex sober <laughs> sex so drunk drunk Steph drunk Stephanie is not a lot of fun anyway <laughs> and drunk Stephanie that has sex is fast yeah that's not cool <laughs> that's not okay <laughs> on any level um I love that one no one said that one yet and that yeah I totally agree that's so true yeah I mean so sober sex sober dating Mm. no brainers yeah absolutely no I, I suppose that comes back to the clarity for me particularly sober dating like you go and meet you don't know someone you go and meet them for coffee it's meet and greet so you're not drinking so you really get to like do I want to see this person again? You know, yeah. you're really listening to them. You're not drinking and then being under the influence and not being able to pay attention, drinking too much. And then before you know it, you know, you're having sex with them in a cupboard somewhere and you really didn't want to, you know, that type of stuff. <laughs> the interesting thing is as well, is that I think um, for so many people, when they first stop drinking, the idea of sober dating or sober sex is something that stops them from not drinking. Cause they're like, Oh, I couldn't yeah. do those things. And yeah. I can't have those things if I don't drink. And actually yeah. the opposite is is true, really. Yeah, 100%, 100%. But you know this, when people first stop drinking, they negative future goal set yeah. in terms of, I can't socialise without booze. My life will be boring without booze. I can't go on a date without booze. I can't connect with my partner without booze. I can't go on a holiday without booze. I can't do Christmas without booze. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah chill out in three months time you're going to be a completely different person who knows how you're going to feel yeah let's just deal with one day at a time 
So, yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um, I love it how our quick fire has already gone off on a really interesting tangent. Yeah, so, yeah it's my fault because I was like, oh yeah. And um, where are we up to? Number three. I think that was five. So oh, clarity, no, it was number five. Sorry. Clarity, yeah. sleep, not being a twat. Yeah, sober sex and sober dating. Okay, perfect. I love it. Um, yeah, and I am really pleased that you brought up the sober dating thing because there's so many people, and and actually, I think the. Back when I was in my early 20s, I, I did think before I ever tried stopping drinking, I thought like, how how would you have a life if you didn't drink? Like, how would you, you know, you wouldn't go out, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, nobody would want to date you, you wouldn't have sex, you wouldn't, you never have fun, you just live in a hole. <laughs> that's what, <laughs> yeah, that's not true. <laughs> it took, it took um, some really cool young teachers, I was teaching at the time, come and, to come and work in my school um, and be put right in front of me and none of them but there were five I think there was four or five people in my department in my school sorry who didn't drink and I it took them to come into my life to go oh these people are so cool and they have loads of fun and they 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 date and they go out and, and I was like oh <laughs> so we do need that those examples don't we to yeah I think we need that with anything don't we Mm -hmm. but if you if you want to do something or be something then go find the people that are being or doing Mm -hmm. and like it's an example isn't it it's evidence that it can be done you do we do need it for our our mirror neurons I think is what the the neurological term is although I don't profess to understand too much about that um right so (laughs) either I'd love it if you could just give us a little bit of a background as to um, who you are and, and your expertise, because I know you're, you're hugely experienced and knowledgeable in the field of um, alcohol and recovery from addic- addiction to alcohol. So can you let us know your experience? Yeah, definitely. Thank you. So, um, yeah, my name's Stephanie. I'm a human being, female life form. (laughs) Planet Earth 2022 is going quite well, actually. Um, Much better since I stopped drinking and taking drugs. Um, So, yeah, 16, gosh, I I don't keep track of time, really. Maybe even longer than that now. Um, I stopped drinking and taking drugs. And around... A similar sort of time it wasn't premeditated it just sort of it was all a lot of it was very serendipitous mm. at the time um I was doing my NLP practitioner course as well mm. um I was running a small charity which I loved and then I just had the opportunity to do a different job and that job was um setting up a treatment service in a children's prison mm. Um, and nobody else wanted to do that job so lucky old me got the job because I was the only one that went to get it <laughs> and even then they didn't really want to give me the job because <laughs> I had a criminal record fresh off that you know um, yeah. but they took a chance on me and I did a cracking job if I say so myself in a very yeah. difficult environment and I absolutely loved that job and it wasn't it wasn't like, oh, I've stopped drinking, taking drugs. I know what I do. I'm going to go and be a treatment worker. It wasn't like that at all. It was, um, you know, just I just went for the job. I got the job. I was the only one that went for it. I did it. I loved it. You know, and it was it felt very much like a calling. Mm. Um, and because at that time and probably still is actually in that sort of supporting people sector, very much in treatment services, 
um, there's a lot of temporary contracts. They yeah. they tend to be on three year contracts with the government or NHS, depending on where your money's coming from. Um, and sometimes even less than that, you, you know, you get a little bit of money and you can run a project for a year, which suited me at the time mm. because I was doing my therapeutic qualifications and it was like, oh, I'll do that job. OK, I'll go and do this job now and I'll go and do that job. And what happened is I ended up doing pretty much every job in treatment services. Again, not premeditated. I didn't mm. think I know what I'll do. I'll do every job. Mm. <laughs> it just it just sort of happened. So. Yeah. I worked in a young people's prison. I've worked in a um, adolescent assessment unit. I have worked in a homeless shelter. I have worked as a street outreach worker. I have worked as a young person's outreach worker. I have been a traditional adult drug and alcohol worker. I have been a group worker. I've been a family worker, all in the guise of drug and alcohol treatment services and team leader service manager and ended up running three different treatment services Mm. two alcohol specific services and one drug and alcohol treatment service and absolutely loved every minute of it I can say you know worked hard did the best I could with what I had worked with some amazing people um, and did some worked on some great projects until I just didn't like it anymore and it just wasn't working for me at all and you just sort of like okay I've had a good innings it's been amazing (laughs) it's time for me to leave and I left my super secure um, service manager job um literally just handed my notice in and, and went everybody was like oh so have you got a rich boyfriend I was like no you won the lottery no have you got a mortgage yes <laughs> oh have you got another job no everybody was like oh my god she's mental but I just knew that it wasn't working and I had to go in there was other people sort of around me that I could tell were like gagging for the job and it's like do you know what you want to do it you do it it's time for me to to back down and had no idea what I was going to do and then three months later just had the idea of designing an online coaching program and it was about the same time that I mean I wasn't aware of them at the time I think we were all doing it at the same time like club soda one year no beer we were all starting at the same time mm. um, and I just thought gosh I've got what was it then 12 years experience of literally working with thousands of people so I could literally write a program without even thinking about it and like these are the things that come up these are the common themes you know if I could sit if somebody wanted to be alcohol free this is what I would want you to learn for your first year you know rinse and repeat just do this stuff yeah um, so built an online coaching program and worked on my own business essentially um and started that in about 2015, but still continued to do part-time contracts because the online space was, you know, very new to me. So I had a lot to learn. Um, and then in 2017, just fully, that's all I've been doing really up until now. Mm. And it's I've done lots of different things. So online coaching, group coaching, one-to-one, which is no different to what I've been doing previously. I'm just doing it in a different format and working with lots of different amazing people like yourself, you know, and doing bits of training, consultancy and stuff like that anything that anybody would pay me for really to be honest (laughs) I could share my knowledge and experience and now it's sort of come full circle and um 
what I'm in the process of changing. So essentially I was, you know, a, a freelance coach and I was just doing, you know, whatever in terms mm. of supporting people to change their relationship to alcohol and drugs. So what I'm doing at the moment is changing um, the website to a community interest company because we've built this massive resource mm. um, with the online coaching program, the group coaching. I've got some amazing volunteers in my world, you know, people that have done training with me. Um, and we just want to change that really so that it it's about women supporting women and, you know, just see if we can sort of take it in a different direction. So it's not just about me, really. It's more about, you know, if this is a website you can go to where you can find other sober coaches or other groups or social events or um, this is a great online coaching program or this is where to get free help or this is a free resource, you know, and yeah. um, hopefully some mentoring and stuff like that so that's the next step that's amazing and I just want to say to everyone listening that I I did Stephanie's um risk assessment training and I remember you saying at the beginning like oh you know sorry if you get a bit bored or a bit tired like there's a lot of information and it's a long day and I just remember at the end of it like feeling so full of beans because everything you said was so interesting on what you might think would be a dry topic like risk <laughs> assessment but oh it was so interesting so you really are so passionate about um what you do and your knowledge is is so deep and enriching that um yeah it, it, I was like Tigger at the end of it I was like oh I'm so like excited about all the things I've learned today um so brilliant that's what it's supposed to be like isn't yeah. it it's supposed to be like you know when I train people they're supposed to feel like that because it's like go out there and share that with other people yeah and you know what is really um interesting is that I was told recently um by um an energy healer that when we are given in if you, if you believe in kind of having a dharma a, a purpose in life when we are born with a purpose of being a healer um that we are given stuff to go through to learn from so that we can help others to heal um and i love that reframe um around our quote unquote mistakes that we've made in our lives because it's so easy isn't it when we've 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 overcome adversity to kind of look back and shame ourselves for like when we had a quote-unquote drink problem or drug problem or when we did all these stupid things and and actually I love the reframe of no that was meant to be and I'm so much wiser for it and now look at how I can help other people because I what of what I learned from that um and I I see in you that when you talk that um you're just so doing what you're meant to do like you're definitely on on your desk you know your path because it just oozes out of you and when you talk about helping people in this area so I just wondered really what what's your kind of perspective on alcohol and and the shame that we attach to it Gosh, yeah. I mean, that's a really great question. It's something I'm sure you see it in your work. It comes up a lot in my one-to-one work and in my group work. Um, and it makes me feel sad. It makes me feel sad that people feel shame about their, it's not, oh, gosh, it's not even just their behavior because it's their drinking behavior. So, and that's not to absolve people of responsibility. That's not the case. So, um my behavior was off the scale when I was drinking I take full responsibility for that but I do not behave like that when I am not under the influence of alcohol so so the the point of choice for me is if I choose to drink then there's a risk that I could behave like that now 
that doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It just means I drank something that impacted me on a certain way that that then created this behavior in me. Yeah. So it's it's a bit. So I feel really sad because there's a lot of this stuff about. I've had people tell me like early days when I first stopped, I had people tell me that I was a bad person because some of the things that I'd done and it's like, yeah, okay, I get it. Some of my behavior was really not okay. I get it. I know that I can remember it. You know, I'm not somebody who's like, I can't remember that or some things I can't remember, but the bad shit I can remember, (laughs) you know? So it's like, and every so often I like to post and like, there's no good people or bad people, just behavior. Yeah. And we're all human beings doing our best with what we've got. And, you know, the whole thing with, with shame is it's quite complicated actually. And I think it comes down to education because it's that it's, there's some really simple aspects to it. There's alcohol is a drug that impacts on our brain chemistry Mm. and it impacts on our brain chemistry in such a way that it creates anxiety low mood you know because it impacts on our serotonin and dopamine I mean it does loads of other weird complicated stuff um that I'm not trained to go into that much detail about but on a really simple level it's impacting on your brain chemistry you know some people will have anxiety some people will have negative thoughts some people will feel low most people will feel some impact of it after they're drinking to some degree so that's the first bit whatever it is you're feeling after you're drunk part of that is about your brain chemistry yeah so it's it's, it's accepting that you know years and years and years ago I don't know how old you are but I'm quite old like back in the day (laughs) we we went to free parties and we did E yeah and we knew that what came up had to come down so we knew that we've had a lovely time on E and actually we're going to have a come down because that's how the drug works whereas I don't think people really give alcohol the credit and understanding for oh I've drunk this is why I feel this way and then on top of that alcohol you know it disinhibits you so it lowers your inhibitions like it just is that's what it does so for some people you're going to relax you're going to be looser in your vocabulary maybe you're going to say things or do things or behave in a certain way that you wouldn't normally do when you're not drinking Mm. so that creates a feeling of being out of control even if it's just subtle like some people come to me and they're like feel extreme guilt and shame I'm like tell me tell me tell me what it is that you did that's so bad come on just tell me and they tell me and I'm like okay right that's not a big deal. Like I know it feels bad, but it really isn't a big deal. <laughs> so, so it's like, you've got the brain, chem- you've got the drug, you've got the brain chemistry stuff, and you've got that it's lowers your inhibitions that you're going to be a bit looser. You feel a bit out of control. So when you understand exactly what's happening and how it creates that, and then I think we've got this weird thing, which I think with the way that things are at the moment is combating that. So some of this stuff also that adds to this is the 12 step old-fashioned language yeah. now I'm not slating 12-step I'm not I recommend it for some people and I know it works for some people but it's very old-fashioned in terms of the methodology mm. and some of the language associated with it does not help people who experience guilt and shame so things around labels like alcoholism and addict mm. you know I'm not a fan of labels as you know we're yeah. human beings yeah I'm not an addict I'm yeah. a human being couldn't agree more and actually I just repeatedly telling ourselves I am an addict 
is that's not helpful to your subconscious that's perpetuating the behavior that we want to eradicate isn't it and and then to start applying it to every area of your life like no you know what sugar tastes good we all want to eat more of it it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you yes but the more you keep telling yourself there is the more sugar you'll probably eat (laughs) yeah 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 totally it's a it's it's understanding the human condition isn't it like mm. like people say to me oh that's my addict brain I'm like what are you talking about what do you mean that's your addict brain yeah and they're like oh well you know the way I'm thinking I'm like no he, that's how humans think you're a human that's called having a dopamine receptor <laughs> dopamine response that's that's what keeps you alive that's what makes you actually get up and have a glass of water and eat your breakfast move yeah I agree and actually I personally I I have an issue with the term alcoholic and it's kind of like a black it's like a um, a sublime to the ridiculous issue because in some ways I think everyone should call themselves alcoholics because alcohol is highly addictive and if you drink it then you're on that spectrum and then in other ways I'm like no that that word should just be banned because the the shame that we attach to it and also the other thing I the issue that I have is alcoholic suggests that there's something wrong with the person but your brain is completely normal and reacting in a normal healthy way to an addictive drug the problem is the alcohol not the person and I think the term itself just completely gets that the wrong way around yeah I I mean I'm not a fan of any I mean if people if anybody's listening like if you want to use a label because that supports you Mm, and it helps you to get the support you need and funding or medication or whatever great if you find it motivating you know it's your choice you own it it's your label but apart from that you know you get to describe your experience however you want um so that it feels good for you for instance I say that I am a person that use drugs and alcohol in a way that caused a problem for me and my life and the people around me. So I made a choice to not do that so that I could be okay for myself and everybody else around me. And I do also, like I I completely second what you say in terms of, it doesn't matter like what you do, if it works for you or what you call yourself, then I'm all for it. And I'm not, and I know that some people using the term alcoholic, or 12 steps is so helpful and I'm all over them using those things if they need to but I just think it's it's also freeing for a lot of other people who it doesn't work for to to see like there are there are things with those approaches that can be problematic for a lot of people and and that's okay and I noticed actually um when I said sober at the beginning you changed it to alcohol free and I thought oh I went through a phase of refusing to use the word sober actually because I don't like the connotations of it at all um and I much prefer the connotations of alcohol free which is why this podcast is called alcohol free vibes but I think I just I'm so comfortable with where I am now that I don't care about the word sober anymore even though it's not my favorite word that makes sense (laughs) yeah I mean it's a personal choice isn't it I I yeah I say alcohol free um yeah I don't like the word sober I don't really like the word abstinent yeah and well sober and abstinence suggest a lack alcohol free suggests freedom from something that was holding us back doesn't it and I I completely I'm completely with you there um because mm. I I don't think we when you really understand how alcohol works is you're not letting go there's nothing to lose mm. you're not missing yeah. anything are you it's, no no yeah no absolutely you have everything to gain 
yeah um so in terms of um kind of um talking about this idea of being judged mm-hmm. so um in my experience uh, and certainly this was happened to me and I've seen it happen with other people this feeling of being judged for not being able to like quote unquote take your drink or I mean even now people sort of say to me whisper you weren't an alcoholic were you (laughs) (laughs) um but this feeling of being judged for uh having a problem or not being able to control alcohol I actually feel stops people from stopping drinking it keeps people stuck in a miserable cycle of alcohol is that something that you notice with people that you work with or you notice yourself I think it's quite complex actually and it's very individual so I think there's something around peer groups Mm. um, very much so and it's subtle it doesn't even have to be you know like people saying were you an alcoholic it can be as simple as you know maybe your peer group drink maybe they don't drink a lot but they drink um, and you're the only person that's choosing not to drink And then it's sort of like, oh, why are you not drinking? Oh, come on, have a drink. You know, and there's nothing sort of horrible going on there or sinister. It's just, you know, and and if that sort of happens quite a lot, I think it's I think it's quite hard for people to step outside of their social group, their peer group. And actually, they've done research on this where basically humans are sheep like when we we flock i mean you can see that everywhere there's tribes everywhere isn't it and but what's great about that is you can decide how you want to be and go and choose your tribe so and that doesn't mean that you don't have to be friends with your original friendship group but you can to help yourself go and dip your toe in other sort of groups where maybe they're not drinking but it's when you sort of understand the research around this it's not just an idea it's actually real that we we sort of tend to assimilate it's a weird thing we assimilate you know so if our friendship group does this then chances are we're going to do it Mm. it's just the law of averages and if you want to change your behavior you can but you might need to seek out other social groups and something that we always used to to recommend teenagers um is is to like have lots of different social groups you know to have your eggs in lots of different baskets so you're hanging out with different types of people so that you get to choose so you're not just in this narrow you know drug taking group for instance or a drinking group or you know so that you've got that broader horizon so I think there's part of it and like the normality side and then I think there's a side to it where people do it to themselves which is the more sort of long-term coaching side where people can stop drinking but then their thoughts their thinking about their past or even their future it triggers feelings of guilt and shame Mm. which then cause them to want to drink because that shuts off the feeling so I think there's definitely there is for a lot of people there's a component around so once they're alcohol free there's definitely a component around understanding what it means to be human. Mm. And God, for years now, I've been threatening to do a course on this. Maybe I'll do it one day of like just the basics of what that means, you know, that you're a thinking, feeling being that it's okay to, you're going to think. 
So it's learning how to be with your thoughts or work with your thoughts or ignore your thoughts or distract your thoughts, whatever methodology works for you. You're going to feel because what you think impacts on how you feel. So learning how to do that, understanding that we're making meaning machines, that we create stories. So let's create stories that work for us. Yeah. And there's all this other stuff. So when I first stopped, probably in my first few years, because I was doing a lot of therapeutic training, I was doing a lot of work on myself. Yeah. But I created a whole world of hell behind me. And mm-hmm. um, when I was alcohol free, I had to face that. You know, I had to yeah. face some pretty heavy stuff. And it would have been really easy for me to just go, do you know what? I've been a shit mum and that's really shit. And actually, I can't live with myself. So what's the point? Mm. guilt and shame I might as well just continue drinking it would have been really really easy for me to do that but I didn't because that doesn't serve anyone and it would have killed me Mm. and actually no matter what I've done in the past it's better for me to be the best I can be and you know if anybody gives me stick I can be like look I'm not drinking I'm doing the best I can what more do you want from me (laughs) you know and not wallow in that guilt and shame so I think there's there's the society part of it and our peer group part of it and how we see alcohol. But then I do think there is the internal stuff about what we do to ourselves and our thinking and our feeling and working through that and being able to, there's stuff around compassion and acceptance and letting go and forgiveness, you know, which is the work afterwards really, isn't it? Oh, this just resonates with me so much. I completely um, agree with everything that you've said. And, and actually for me, handy. Yeah, imagine if I was like no don't agree with that well, end of podcast no. yeah. um, but really like I suppose what you're talking about there is that our need to numb our need to numb the feelings that we don't want to feel and I say need in that we I think society conditions us like I don't even like calling feelings bad or good negative or positive there's no such thing as a negative emotion it's everything is helpful if you actually look at it and you go ah okay, I'm feeling a very uncomfortable feeling right now. What's my body trying to tell me that I need to process or do? Or, But um, we are trained, aren't we? Even when we're little, I'll have a chocolate bar, darling, and let's just put, pop a film on and let's not think about the, the problem. Um, and yeah, when we when we go um, on our journey of being alcohol and drug free, I, I think it's such a brave journey. Like, yes, there's so much joy and happiness on the other side, but you also have to face up to all of that shit that you've put under the carpet for so long and it can be really really difficult and yeah under that carpet we've got guilt we've got shame um we've got um trauma um and you know it's it some people have got less than others and I actually think so the first time I stopped I was 25 and it was relatively easy and I was farting rainbows and everything was wonderful (laughs) oh god life is amazing and um I so see now why I was meant to go back to drinking because I needed to to do it again and I needed to see how it can be really different. And the next time I stopped, I um, was uh, I had terrible anxiety disorder. I've just discovered actually PTSD um, and I had all this other stuff going on, all these scars that I'd collected. And I was like, oh, I actually have to deal with some of this stuff now. Like, oh, it's not <laughs> it's not it's not so linear, but um, it d- doesn't mean that there's still not joy on the other side. It's just just you've got to show up for it and you've got to be brave, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. And whether you've got stuff going on or not in the past or currently, you're mm. still going to think and feel. That's yeah. the other thing. Yeah. 
I, I can remember reading this blog years ago. I wish I'd kept the link because it's something that I've quoted a million times since. It's this woman wrote a blog about how she had a really difficult time and she learned how to deal with her think, you know, her thoughts and feelings. And then life had been really easy, but it turns out she's still thinking and feeling, <laughs> dealing yeah. with those thoughts and feelings. So, you know, we're thinking, feeling, being. So no matter what goes on, we've got to learn how to be with that. Yeah, it's it's about being being with ourselves accepting ourselves um and accepting all of our parts even our even our worst parts and you think about it like you know when you when you fall madly in love with somebody and you want to spend the rest of your life with them like when you love you love their bad bits right probably more than their good bits you like all their interesting um experiences that have shaped them and made them who they are and you wouldn't want to rub those out but those are the parts that we still attach shame to ourselves aren't they um so that's that's what I like to kind of think about when I'm trying to put myself down um okay so if we've got people listening to this podcast now thinking oh I've been sober curious I know that like you know many people when they first kind of go down this alcohol-free journey it's not it's not linear we don't have spontaneous sobriety like very rarely it's often a little back and forth dance for a while of trying things out and learning from our mistakes what would the tips be that you would give to people if they if they feel like they're drinking too much and they're finding it hard to really stop so um, the first thing I always say to people is to educate yourself, mm. um, to educate yourself with the facts as to what alcohol is. So the best book for that is Drink by Professor David Nutt. Yeah. Um, I don't recommend any other books because that's everything you need in terms of facts. You know, get it as a book, get it as an audio book. It's a bit heavy, um, but, you know, do a page a day. doesn't matter. So understand what alcohol is. And then be honest with yourself about what alcohol is for you. So you mm. know what alcohol is, the facts of it. And then, okay, what is it for you? And then just be really, really honest with yourself. And don't, the most important thing is not to give yourself a hard time. So I've been doing this for 16 years, literally thousands and thousands of people. And there's a few things that sort of come up quite a bit. And one of them is all or nothing thinking. Yeah. And then, where or where they're just like I'm not going to drink and I'm not going to eat sugar and I'm going to go and do yoga every day and I'm going to do naught to 10k and it's like oh whoa (laughs) I'm not saying don't do all those things and I'm not saying that some of you can't do all those things but my experience is it goes from all you know it goes all or nothing and then when something doesn't quite work out people give themselves a hard time and they're like oh I'm crap I can't do this yeah you know it's like when people do three weeks alcohol free and they have a drink it's like, oh, what's the point? You know, it's like nowhere else in our life do we do this. So like if you're on a diet and you eat a Mars bar, so what? Yeah. You know, it's like you just eat, you've eaten a Mars bar. It doesn't matter. Just like eat some vegetables next. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to make you put on a stone because you had like, no. it's like how many calories is that? Like 200 calories. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's the same with drinking. And, and that's yeah. why, I, as you know, I'm a massive fan of talking ways in there is as much benefit to reducing as is there is to being alcohol free you know if you can reduce down and have some alcohol free days that's fantastic that's going to really improve your health there's very few people that actually need to be completely alcohol free and I get a lot of people that come to me and they're like 
oh, I've tried to do a year alcohol free, I can't do it, what's wrong with me? And then they tell me how much they're drinking and the impact of it. And I'm like, well, because you're not drinking very much and there's no impact, it doesn't really matter. And what you're doing is great. And let's focus on your quality of life. So definitely it's about learning about the facts, the facts to you, it's about being honest with yourself. It's also about being patient and having some compassion. A lot of, for a lot of people, a lot of this stuff is going to be about habit yeah it's just about relearning how to do things differently it's about understanding yourself understanding your behavior understanding what what works for you the other thing that people talk about a lot is I'm just not motivated um like motivation I mean it's great if you're motivated brilliant you know it's like rocket fuel if you're not it doesn't matter Mm. like I'm not motivated to do the washing up but I do the washing up because I like the result yeah and actually a lot of this journey is about learning persistence patience compassion and you know just literally getting on with it and taking action you know and sometimes I'll work with people in groups and one-to-one and I'll be like do you trust me and they're like yeah I'm like right I'm going to tell you what to do this week you go do it and then we'll see what the result is just do exactly what I tell you to do which is not coaching I'm very aware of that (laughs) (laughs) but sometimes people reach a point where it's just like just take the actions and when they do that they're like oh my god I'm like yeah mm -hmm." you don't need to read the books (laughs) you don't need to understand the theory you just need to take the action and then you will get the results yeah that's so helpful I love that as well learning persistence patience and passion um and for me um I when I when I when I can get really excited about something I can actually put myself through quite a lot of discomfort because I'm excited about the outcome and it's having that belief and that seeing that rainbow that you're walking towards um and for me that I I will never I would never have ever tried the sober path if I hadn't have met those other teachers who I just remember looking at them in the staff room and being like I'm jealous I'm jealous of you because they just they just ooze that lovely sober glow of just like, oh God, life's just so good. And I was like, oh, I want that. You just, we just need that carrot, don't we? To get, give us that passion and that that why to help us kind of keep going with that persistence and that patience and know that there's an outcome we're heading towards. Oh, yeah, there'd be yeah. different things for different people. For you, it was that, yeah. isn't it? For me, it was, you know, being arrested and being in custody, you know, for other people, it's like different, it's really is different things. So like, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're doing something and it isn't working, don't worry, go do something else. I have never met somebody yet where I've listened to them and I've said, okay, what have you tried? And I've not been able to then say, okay, go do this. I've never met somebody where I've been like, you've tried everything. Like there's no hope for you. (laughs) I've never met anybody. Like there is always something that people haven't tried. Another Mm. way, you know how it is. We could hear things, we can hear the same message in lots of different ways. And a certain way of it being delivered will resonate with us, won't it? So, you know, you could listen to 10 different people, but that one person might get in there for you. Yeah, and I love that. That's so helpful, isn't it? That there's always another way to try mm. that we haven't tried and if it's not working it's just not working for you it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with no. you no completely. absolutely yeah. yeah I mean it wouldn't like Weight Watchers works for some people doesn't it and Slimming World that would not work for me at all I just wouldn't go yeah 
Yeah, whereas for me, it's like the the, be- like the best thing ever. Like, yes. but I get that for other people, they're like, no, like, I love it. It makes me I really enjoy doing it. Yeah, I wouldn't go and I would tell fibs. <laughs> so it's about knowing yourself. I'm yeah. like, no, I definitely didn't eat 10 Mars bars this week. I didn't, honestly. <laughs> so funny everyone's so, everyone's so different yeah and I, you've also I have um got a copy of your book um which I now quite embarrassingly I'm looking at my bookshelf I'm like what's it called because I've read it cover to cover um, there is no magic button thank you there is no magic button um which you can buy on Amazon uh, highly recommended and I loved how when I having had my training day with you I, I bought it straight away and I was sitting reading it I was like oh it sounds like you're speaking yes. voice I could hear you speaking <laughs> through the page. I was like oh lovely I love it <laughs> yes I'm not a writer so if anybody is the oh. grammar police do not read my book <laughs> oh no I didn't mean like that I just meant you could feel like your warm the warm enthusiasm through the pages and your tone and the way you write so that wasn't a criticism at all no no it's, that's what everybody says because that's how because I'm not a writer yeah. I have to write the way I talk because the only way I can do it. So yeah. when if people know me and they get my book, they're like, oh my God, it's like you're talking to me, yeah. Stephanie. I'm like, yeah. Amazing. I'm sure uh, everyone listening, if they don't already know and follow you, will be thinking, how do I find this lady online? So can you let us know where we can find you? Yeah, so I do li- I don't do a lot on Instagram. I do little bits on Instagram. Um, I'm trying to think what my name is on Instagram. Gosh, terrible, isn't it? um stephanie chivers um i think if you google stephanie chivers i pretty much come up everywhere i'll put put your instagram in the show notes for everybody yeah and i'm on facebook a little bit um the website's called women who don't drink which is you know going to be updated throughout the year Mm. um i have two facebook groups which are paying facebook groups that that i'm fairly active in um and obviously anybody can email me um so what's your email address stephanie chibbers at hotmail.co.uk so that's s-t-e-p-h-a-n-i-e and then chibbers if anybody's old enough as in the jelly um (laughs) that's for older people (laughs) (laughs) awesome and i'll put all of those in the show notes um stephanie thank you so much for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and listening to all of your opinions and everything as always thank you so much Thank you for having me. It's been great. Thank you so much for listening to me today. If you would like to have the chance of winning a free one-to-one coaching session with me, then I'd love it if you could leave me a five-star review. All you need to do is take a screenshot of the review and send it to me at thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk and I would love to connect with you. If you would like to connect with me further and you'd like to download my free guide, then please go to my website and you can do that and you'll be added to my mail list. Or if you would just like to book in a free discovery call with me, then you can do so via my email address or through my website. All of these links will be in the show notes. And I hope you have a wonderful, magical, sober week. And I will see you this time next week.